how did we survive without her? How were we entertained in any shape or form without her? She's just been so much fun. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. Before we jump into today's exciting chat, we would love it if you could screenshot this podcast, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag us at catexplorer.community and our awesome guest at Miss underscore Rigby underscore Boat Kitty. We'll reshare it in our stories, and we can't wait to hear what you think of today's episode. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts, learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. The Cat Explorer community is just absolutely amazing and we're so grateful for all of you. And one of the amazing things that you guys do is you leave these amazing reviews on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to your podcast for the Cat Explorer podcast. So we're doing something a little bit different from now on. We're going to start reading out those reviews on the show as well. So today's review is from Meet My Milo. I make frequent long drives, one to two hours, and this is the only podcast I play. It's the perfect length of time for me. It's interesting, gives me plenty of inspiration for cat exploring ideas, and it's entertaining. I love how each guest answers the same set of questions at the end, and, of course, the special appearances of cats in the background causing a ruckus. Thank you so much for your awesome review, Meet My Milo. It's really made our day. And if you'd love to leave a review and you'd love to hear us read out your review on the Cat Explorer podcast, just leave the review wherever you listen to your podcast. So like on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher and take a screenshot of your review up there and send us an Instagram DM. Thanks so much, guys. The reviews really do make our day. There is a stereotype that cats don't like water and prefer to keep their paws firmly on the land. What I love about our guest today is they're proving that this is not the case. Rigby is a Burmese kitty who lives on a boat. She explores marinas, islands and enjoys the occasional swim. And while doing research for today, I found myself laughing at Rigby's cheekiness and the tricks she plays on her crew, Maryvon and Shane. And I'm so excited to hear about Rigby's training, her lifestyle and her cheekiness. Welcome to the podcast, Maryvon. Hey guys, I'm so honoured to join you today. Yeah, it's great. So exciting. So what I really love about what you guys do is that you spend so much time sailing and it sounds so very idyllic. Do you mind telling us what you were up to before you started this part of your journey and what made you decide to live on a sailing boat? Yeah, sure. Um, Firstly, it's not always idyllic, but we always give that impression that it is. Um, Before this, Shane and I ran our own business. Um, We met at uni um, when we were very young and uh, we started our own business um, in the architectural field and we ran that for nearly 20 years. Um, Early on in our relationship, we decided not to have children, so that didn't hold us back from doing anything. And we discovered sailing late in our 20s and we joined a local yacht club and uh, just were crew on race boats. So we used to race during the week and on the weekends and that led to racing in the ocean. Um, Eventually we bought our own boat and we had our own boat for about 10 years that we raced successfully out of Melbourne. And Shane also did some Sydney Hobart yacht races on other boats. Um, So we really got into the whole sailing lifestyle. Um, um, We probably always thought about going off and just sailing around the world. And we started to make it the dream, a plan, or, yeah, to, to make it happen. So we did that after, let me think. So we were early 40s and 
we were waiting, which sounds horrible, but we had a beautiful golden retriever that I bought for Shane as a wedding present. And we weren't going anywhere during her later years in life. So once she passed away, unfortunately, we um, put our house on the market and we had our eye on a sailboat and we bought the sailboat um, over in the Caribbean. And we, yeah, flew over, checked it out, flew back, packed up our lives. And uh, that was it. And that was nine years ago. Wow. Incredible. So, and just to um, clarify, so Mary Vaughan, you actually go by MV, is that right? Yeah, look, my full name's Mary Vaughan. It's one long word, Mary and Yvonne together. I don't know what my parents were thinking, but that's what my name is. Um, and then I married a French guy or, well, Australian, very Australian guy with a French surname as Le Père. So then I became Marie-Yvonne Le Père and I don't speak French and I'm so Australian. So tr as a true Australian, we always abbreviate our names. So I've always been known as MV since Shane met me. So I do get called Marie-Yvonne. It's not a problem. But um, everyone knows me as MV. Okay. So we'll definitely call you MV. Aussies at heart, so we can't help it. <laughs> I know, it's so nice to speak to another Australian besides Jane. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and for those who might not be aware, um, so Sydney to Hobart is an annual race that happens on Boxing Day in um, Australia. So it's like everyone watches it. It's, um, takes it's a big a, deal. It's a big deal. So um, it's yeah. actually really cool that you guys have done that before at some yeah. Hang on, I, I don't know a lot about sailing, but I, I, Sydney to Hobart is the big deal in Australia. So it is a big really, deal. Yeah. I better clarify, I never did it. I'm not that stupid. But Shane did it many times. I've done the Melbourne to Hobart, which is equally tough, and um, we did that very successfully on our um, smaller boat. Oh, that's really, really cool. So when at some point during your journey, Rigby came into your life. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that story? Not at all. Um I'm a major animal lover. I just don't feel complete unless there's an animal in my life. And so we were on board for about five years and I'd sort of, we talked on and off many times about getting a dog or, and a dog's sort of, it's doable, but it's a lot more work. You've got to walk the dog and get the dog off the boat to go to the bathroom. So we discussed having a cat. And when I was much younger, I had a Burmese um, for a short time and it was um, just, I talked to Shane about it and said, look, this is the Burmese are the most like a dog that you can get that's a cat. So, um, and they've really been, they took, people say that they're like a dog like cat. So, anyway, so we were sailing nonstop from the Caribbean back up to New York for on a 10 day trip. And during that 10 days, I finally broke Shane down and he agreed to get a kitten. Um, so yeah, so we um so I, as soon as we landed and set you know settled, I was on the internet looking for a breeder up in uh, New York, New York area, and we ended up getting her in Connecticut um, a few months later. That's awesome. Um, I love that you had to break Shane down. I had the same experience <laughs> with Daniel. I think years and years of showing him photos of kittens, <laughs> and then one day he was like, "Yes," and I was I was so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> The poor guys in our life, but yeah, he yep. loves, he adores her probably more, not more than me, but equally as yeah. as I do now. And so you mentioned uh, getting Rigby from Connecticut. Is there a story behind choosing Rigby as a kitten? Um, there is. She actually chose us. Um, I emailed the breeder, and I'll cut this short, but I emailed the breeder back and forth, and I was really nervous to let her know that I lived on a boat. 
and that would that be okay to, you know, adopt one of her kittens? Um, and so she eventually, I wrote this pleading letter saying how good we'd be and careful and she just thought it was hilarious and she's like, how could I, like, refuse you? You guys will be the best cat parents. So, um yeah, so when we went to – so I was hounding the poor woman and I was waiting for this certain cat to have her babies and finally the babies were born. And not only did I want a Burmese kitten, I would like – I wanted a champagne or I think in Australia they're called chocolate um, female. And, like, there's so many different colours and obviously two sexes. So my chances of getting the cat I wanted were slim. So the breeder rang me and laughed. She said, you wouldn't believe it, but there's three champagne females in this litter out of the five. So this is your litter. So when we went up to choose her um, at six weeks old, we went to visit her. Um, she, they, The kittens had finally been let out of the, I don't know, the cat part, the cattery or the kitten part of the house and put in the lounge room for our arrival you could not see any kittens except for Miss Rigby and she was standing in the middle of the lounge room looking around like she owned the place and not scared of anything. And I'm like, we both looked at each other and went, that's got to be our kitten. And then we sat down with all three of the champagne females on our laps and Miss Rigby kept coming straight up to our faces, especially Shane's, and just like nestling in and interacting. So it was a done deal. She was like our kitten. <laughs> Oh, that's just lovely. I love that she picked you and she was coming and nestling with you. That's so adorable. How did you come <laughs> up with the name Rigby? I know it's an unusual name. Everyone thinks it's because of Eleanor Rigby, the Beatles song. But actually Shane's um, been visiting and camping on an island called Rigby Island outside of Melbourne in Australia since he was a teenager with really close schoolmates. And to this day, they still, if we're back in Australia, um, the rest of the guys are still going. Every Easter they go camping. And the island's name is Rigby Island. Um, and during that 10-day voyage when we were decided we were getting a kitten, we also wanted to decide on the name. And we wanted a boating name. So we're like shackle, you know, uh, you know, all coming trying to come up with boat sort of names, and we couldn't find one that was for a girl. So we came. We, I said, "What about Wrigley?" And Shane said, "Well, what about Rigby?" And then there's a boat that takes you to and from this island, and it's called Miss Rigby. The boat is actually called Miss Rigby. So we're like, and, and I also call my girlfriends like um, your Hasara. I call you Miss Hasara. I find it like endearing. So the combination of the boat and using the term Miss is why we called her Miss Rigby. But now we still call her that, but it's mainly Rigs or Riggles or Riggies. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. We'll have to check out that island one day. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you train Rigby to be on the boat with you guys? Um, I did a lot of thinking about it and I just wanted everything to be really positive for her. I didn't want anything scary or frightening. So when we brought her back to the boat, we brought her on in a carry cage and we just let her come out naturally and just walk around the boat and explore it. Um, We didn't try and do anything with like an engine or any noise generator. We tried to keep everything really calm. And then as we introduced new things and even things like the bilge pump will go off or the water pump will go off. So just noises happen on a boat. And every time they did and she looked startled or big eyed, I would just start playing with her or my favorite expression to her is you're okay, you're okay. And she seems to really respond to that. Even as a, when we were driving the four hours back, when we picked her up, I just sat her on my lap and said those words to her and just, it's just the tone and everything. So we just kept everything really calm. Um, So when we first started the engine, we planned it that 
I was on the floor playing with her mid-play and Shane started the engine. It gets, it's quite noisy. And um, she looked, you know, like, oh, my God, what's going on? And I just kept playing with her and just pretending nothing was happening. And she was fine. Like, you know, eventually, like when the engine starts now, she doesn't even wake up. Like she's like, whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so we did everything like that with all sorts of things on the boat. And obviously we kept her down below for the first few days before we let her out um, on, on deck. Well, I love that you've got, you guys planned it really well and sort of were very careful and considerate about it. So like that's, I think, a lot of the ways we try and introduce Lumos and Noxie to things as well, like trying to get them, you know, just slowly and gently ease into the things. And that's how... I think a lot of the community has eased their training. So that is echoed everywhere around the community. That's really good. Yeah, I think so, because cats are different to dogs, um, obviously. But you can sort of use this. I'm just a big believer in positive reinforcement. I don't do anything negative. Um, not that I can help it unless, you know, she's scratching something and I might yell at her, but that's not very often. Um, so, yeah, it's just all about positive and calmness and, Getting their trust. I think as soon as you have your cat's trust and they trust you to take care of them and not let anything happen, you can sort of do almost anything with them eventually. So you speak of calmness and so funny fact is that I'm actually really bad on a boat. So I actually end up with a lot of motion sickness. Does that ever happen to Rigby? Does she ever get affected by motion sickness? I, I, I wondered about that and I sort of, I didn't worry because there's nothing I can do about it, but like we only had her for a few weeks and then we sailed straight down from New York all the way to Florida, basically in a five-day stint, nearly nonstop. And she was absolutely fine. And even the first day we went out sailing and, and to say again, the first time we went sailing, I stayed down below, didn't just leave her and let Shane do the sailing and um, just again played with her and reassured her. And she was just curled up in her bed. It was a cold day, I remember, and I cuddled her all up and she just went to sleep. So the actual sailing rocked her to sleep. I think she's only been sick once whilst under sail and I don't know why. she. It wasn't, I don't think it was seasickness. I think she's just was a cat and threw up, you know. Like I don't know what that was about. But, no, she's never shown any signs of being unwell. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Daniel does not deal well with boats at all, so <laughs> I think he's Im- impressed with anyone on a boat. <laughs> oh, poor Daniel. <laughs> uh, something that you mentioned that I wanted to revisit was gaining your cat's trust. So um, how did you take any steps to um, encourage Rigby to um, trust you? Um, I think it's always keeping her safe. And if I do see that she's stressed or unhappy, I try not to hold her really tight. I try and just keep control of her but let her feel like it's her decision. So, you know, which sounds silly, but it's not good to really hold a cat when they're stressed, like hold them tight. You know, sometimes you have to for safety. But I generally just... I don't know. I just uh, try and placate her, take her away from the situation till she's comfortable with it and then take her back to that situation for a very brief moment to show her that she won't get harmed and it's not scary. And it could be as simple as being on the beach and there's a wave. Like she doesn't love waves on the beach. So 
I'll take her close and if she carries on, I'll just talk to her and back off so she knows it's okay. And then once she calms down, take her back to that situation, but only for a very brief time and keep reassuring her and then take her away again. So she's like, oh, nothing bad happened, nothing bad happened. And then slowly but surely she'll understand, well, nothing bad happened, so it's okay. Um, Mm. And I've done that with a lot of things um, on the boat, just that I've noticed that she's not comfortable with which isn't hasn't really hasn't been that many, but um, yeah, maybe yeah, the dinghy was a big one. But she loves the dinghy now. Mm, we'll come back to the dinghy in a second. Um, <laughs> okay. Just want to touch on what I what I got out of that was. It sounds like you're quite calm with her, so that she can because we've come up before in this podcast, and it's something that we found personally that the cats feed off your energy and your emotion, and so when when you're calm, it helps them to sort of calm down as well, and that really helps for us and it sounds like it, it works for you guys and I think you've turned it before calm love as well which makes a lot of sense yeah yeah I, I we are really calm with her even from like just picking her up um off the floor I don't just scoop her up and swing her around I always pick her up carefully and gently um I know that sounds maybe a little silly but I just try and do everything in a loving way to her and so she knows like nothing would ever be bad between coming from Shane and I and she does really trust us and um even though she's quite independent she really does love us as well like oh for example the other day Shane was going through a bit of a stressful situation and she came running from the other side of the boat and he was standing up in the galley and um she jumped on the kitchen bench and jumped not jumped but reached up to him standing on outstretched and like licked his nose and like she could sense his mood because he's not normally like that so I think it goes both you know it goes both ways if she's unsettled I'm calm and then it's the other way around so I, I, I'm a big believer on yeah um, moods and they can get your vibe so if you're stressed that's going to put the stress into them so you're right Daniel totally I agree yeah, that's such a good point. And I think um, just something I wanted to share was that um, sometimes we get really caught up in our moods and our struggles. So, for example, when we went recently on a road trip, I got a bit stressed. Noxie got a bit stressed because I was stressed. And then we kind of real, I kind of realized that I needed to just, like, breathe, yeah. <laughs> just calm yeah. down so that she would calm down. And it really helped. So I think it happens to everyone. But if we remind ourselves to stay calm, that just helps yeah. so much. Yeah. I'm not promising that I'm always calm, um, but when it comes to rugby, we try and be pretty calm and just yeah. chill. Yeah, I completely understand that one. I'd love to jump back to the dinghy because um, you've got I like one of my favorite videos is of, and I think it was in the dodo video that you have of um, rugby as well, where she jumps off the dinghy onto a boat, um, onto the beach. Um, yes. How did you train her to be on the dinghy? And okay, uh, so- we yeah. should probably explain what a dinghy is as well. <laughs> Do you mind doing that too? No, a dinghy is oft, often always, um, also called a tender and it's a second, a smaller boat to the main boat. So you can it could be from a mega yacht having a 50-foot dinghy or a tender um, to our boat, which is a 50-foot sailboat, and we have like a 12-foot um, inflatable dinghy. So our dinghy sits across the back of our boat and it gets lifted out of the water every day. So Rigby started exploring, uh, I'm trying to think, I think she started climbing around in the dinghy before it even went in the water because she hides in there sometimes if I can't find her. That's one of her hiding spots that I have to look for. But um, what we did, she was quite nervous of it because sometimes we were 
I think we were at anchor a lot back at when we got her. So we were using the dinghy a lot to go to shore and back. That's the only way. You, it's like a car for you guys. Um, and we wanted to get her in the dinghy and make sure she was comfortable. So what I did was um, I wrapped her in a towel and she was only little. She was a kitten. Uh, and then I slowly just climbed into the dinghy and sat there and she was quite freaking out. Like she was like, oh, my God, you know, this is too close to the water and I'm not happy. So I only sat there for like a minute and then I got out, let her go, told her, hey, that was fun, you know, whatever. And I just kept doing that until she was quite comfortable with that. So then I went and did it in the as well, sat there for longer and undid the towel and let her just sit and explore. And this went on for a few days. And then finally I said to Shane, okay, let's start the engine. And she'd heard the engine start before, so she knew. And so I sat in the dinghy with the towel and Shane started the engine, but we didn't go anywhere. We just sat, let the engine go, turned it off fairly quickly. And she's like, oh, nothing happened. So it's the same process. So eventually we just built it up to that we went for a very short dinghy ride when it was calm, when there was no other boats around, no waves that would splash up or anything like that. And it just, I just kept increasing it till finally now she rides in the front of the dinghy like a dog. Like she, I, I put her on my lap and she just goes straight for the bow and stands there. And as far as jumping off the dinghy, that just sort of happened because we used to have her on a leash and make sure she was safe because um, I was always like, oh, my God, she's going to fall in. And then I realized if she does fall in, she can swim. She's not going to hurt herself. I'll just scoop her out. Um, so we started like. You know, it still sort of makes my stomach turn a bit when she jumps too soon and it's a really big leap. Um, but I'm like, oh, well, she's not going to hurt herself. Um, so, yeah, she just, I just, I hold her at the front of the ding the bow of the dinghy and as we got close to the boat, I would hold her, hold her, and then I'd say, okay, when we will ride up next to it and she would jump off. And then eventually it just built from that where she would jump off on her own accord. But she still does listen. If she tries to jump too early, we're like, uh-uh, wait. And she'll turn and look at us and then wait and then go. So, yeah, she's really funny. <laughs> That's awesome. I love how um, well she responds to your commands and things like that. How did you um, – how did that training process go? Again, I think that was just a natural progression. She um, – if she was doing something wrong, we always – um, did a very loud ah, 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 and a clap of the hand or if I'm walking with her, a stamp of my foot um, if she's really going the wrong direction. And she always just stops or changes her direction to the direction, another direction. And as soon as she changes to the right direction, then I'm full of high-pitched praise, you know, good girl, la, la. Um, and she just responds to it. She doesn't like to be yelled at. Like she doesn't like the, like, to be told off and she actually her ears go back and she drops and then when you come up to her sometimes she rolls and shows you her belly and like oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry um it just and she's got better and better I wouldn't say it's foolproof you know I certainly would never walk her anywhere that there's cars going past fast or um that there's any issues that for her safety I only choose to walk her um where it where I feel like it's safe and I can control her Oh, that's great because it sounds like yeah she's got a good command of your vo voice commands and she responds to them most of the time which is good and mm. uh, you touch on a good point that and we found this as well where you don't want to put them into environments where it's too much for them that you can't control everything because they'll get overwhelmed and distracted so mm. we're, we're still finding that with Lumos and Noxy we can't really let them because they'll respond to commands sometimes at home and they're pretty good with it at home but if we take them out into something a public and busy place 
it's not always the case that they will respond the way they do at home because they're quite overwhelmed by the sights and smells and noise. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm probably not a very good cat explorer, um, or she isn't, because we don't take her to restaurants and things like that. It's we're just living our life, and she knows this marina where we are now because we're we're actually not travelling at the moment. Where well, we sort of travel, but we're just working full time at the moment. So we're based in two places um, each. Well a different place each season. So she knows this marina really well. I know the route she walks, you know, I know which way she's going to go when we go for our walk in the morning. Um, probably everyone else does because I put it on my stories on Instagram so they all know. Um, so I know she's pretty predictable and I know she's safe and I know even the dogs that walk past and most of the dogs love her, um, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> well, you say you're not a – well, you say Rigby's not a great cat explorer, but I disagree. Like, the stuff you do is exploring. It's quite amazing. And you mentioned that she does and she is able to swim. How did you guys go about training her to swim? Um, it's the same thing again. We, It's not that I wanted, you know, I, I'm not going to um, say that I'm anything like the wonderful Nathan and Winnie and she's not that sort of swimmer. I don't think she would go in of her own accord just for fun. Um, we just wanted to make sure she knew what the water was and how, and that she, we wanted to know that she could swim. And, uh, so I think there's a, um, a post on my Instagram account where we actually took her to a little boat ramp just here in this marina, just after we got her. So that's nearly four years ago. And, uh, we just put her in as a kitten. So, and she was, she wasn't actually too, too like unhappy about it. She was just like, oh, you know, she's acted like a cat, but she didn't scratch us. Anyway, so we just did that a few times and then when we went across to the Bahamas and um, we were actually travelling and not working, there was more opportunity and the water was beautiful and it was really hot. So we would just take her in up to our knees and just like put her in and she'd swim around and we did that up in New York as well. So we've, we haven't done it a huge, huge amount but we try to regularly put her in for a swim. And she's amazing. She really, I say it all the time, she looks like a little otter. She's so fast. <laughs> Well, given your occupation and lifestyle, I would say that Rigby being able to swim is a pretty important aspect of it that needs to be yeah. Uh, trained. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there is, like, because I have to admit, Lumos and Noxie, they're not huge swimmers. Um, we're not good on boats. Daniel obviously can't keep his <laughs> head out of the toilet because he's throwing up the whole time. But, <laughs> but so our experience with boats and cats is quite limited, but... My under like there's one of my understandings is that a lot of people talk about having a life jacket for their cat if they're on a boat, and um and I understand that Rigby can swim and things like that, and I know your decision not to use a life jacket has been a very conscious one. Do you mind talking us through that one a bit? Yeah, no, not a, not at all. Um, someone did give us a little dog life jacket for Rigby, and we tried to put it on her, but she was just so uncoordinated and clumsy with it I'm like it's going to do more harm than good uh and Pete I, I do get a lot of comments and people saying she should be harnessed and tethered and all the rest um so for the record Rigby is not allowed on deck when we're under sail and uh, when I mean under sail if we're motoring along in calm conditions and it's you know middle of the day yes yeah, she's allowed up on deck but only with us sitting right next to her watching her her harness is on 
Um, but most of the time, and especially when we're doing night sailing, like overnights, um, she is locked down below um, in, you know, very safe. And when Shane and I have to swap um, uh, watches, so every three hours we I'm up or he's up or whatever, we have the, the companionway door is shut at all times. It's never left open. There's no chance that Rigby's getting out. And we're very, very conscious about that. Like that would be my worst nightmare. The other thing point is if you are a sailor, you'd know this, the weather isn't always perfect. So if Rigby was up on deck, even if she had a life jacket on, in the middle of the ocean, hundreds of miles from anywhere, and it's bad seas, if Rigby fell overboard, life jacket or not, we would never find her again. Probably like I could maybe never find Shane again if he fell overboard, although he would have an EPIRB and whatever. But so the life jacket just doesn't seem to make sense to me. If she fell in on a calm day, we would be able to see her. I would throw heaps of things overboard so it would be floating next to her so I have a visual point to go back to. Um, like it's not like we haven't thought about it. You know, we obviously adore her and we think about it and plan it and even we plan our own um, uh, recoveries. If I'm like, well, if Shane falls over, what would I do? And like, we, it's a safety procedure that we run through regularly about um, how to survive at sea, really. So that's the other thing is that at anchor, I, we don't leave her on deck. If we go off for an afternoon and Rigby's just down below sleeping, we don't let her on deck. She's locked down below. Um, to, I don't want the thought of her slipping overboard. Saying that, we also have a net that hangs down the back of the boat. So if she did fall overboard, she'd have access to climb back up on the boat by grabbing the netting. So we have thought about it and um, I don't ever want to think about that happening, but we do everything in our power. But, you know, things are, things can happen to anyone. You could be hit by a bus tomorrow. So it's it's no different. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just um, it's a different mode of transport, so you need to think about what might happen on it. And you guys have really thought that through. Um, and as a person who used to work in, kind of in um, work health, workplace health and safety, you've done all the drills, you've done all the right things, you've ticked all the boxes, which is really great to hear. I, I had to put yeah. that in because that was the first thing that went through my mind. Um, so, um, sorry, I've just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry, have I thrown you off? No, 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 no. It was I just I just went through the whole oh my goodness, that's like something an auditor would really love to hear. <laughs> I know. It, I mean you sort of have to think about it, you know, it's I think Rigby's safer on our boat than a cat that has access to outside whenever they want. You know, you hear of more cats, unfortunately, and it breaks my heart being hit by a car, than you hear of people with cats on board that the cat goes missing. Like so, although there are a lot less people with cats on a boat than people that live in a house. <laughs> yeah, but I, I um, guess that um, there are more cats on boats than we actually realise, like yourself, and there's quite a few on Instagram. So, yeah, definitely yeah. completely understand that. Something that you also mentioned was that um, how you how Rigby isn't always on leash or is off leash quite a lot of the time. Do you mind talking us through that process? And, um, uh, uh, yeah, it was, um, again, a natural progression because she was just out of control on the leash, as in she's a big tree climber. So half my life would be spent untangling the leash and trying to get her down from a tree. And it's just such a natural thing for a cat to do is run up a tree. They love it, and especially rugby. And 
So when we first started walking her, um, she was always on a leash and we will panic and be really anxious about it. And then eventually we realized she listened to us and she wasn't interested in running away from us. Um, and I'm, I'm picturing where I am now, but let's say when we're in a Bahamas on an island where no one lives and we're wa- walking along the beach or the trails, as long as we're really um, conscious of keeping an eye on her at all times. So as long as I keep an eye on her, I know which way she goes and so and she listens to me so that she just she wants to be with us if she actually we've tested it many times and regularly we'll hide from her so she can't see us and see what she does we can see her but she can't see us and she actually turns around and starts meowing like looking for us because she doesn't want to be on her own she's happy she always checks we're there so yeah it just became that I she got our trust we got her trust and yeah we thought well let's just stop the leash especially I'd still do the leash if I was unsure and I tend not to take her anywhere to walk that I don't know the situation or I'm not comfortable with Um, I usually just take her where I know and if we are somewhere else she's on a leash or in our arms or on our shoulder so has she ever gotten lost because I understand you guys do have do use a tracker Uh, she has got lost, I have to admit, no longer than two hours at a time. And when I say lost, she's not lost. She's just hiding from us. So that led me after the first couple of times of wasting hours and just, you know, you can, you could imagine stressing that, you know, where's the cat? Um, I looked into trackers. So we use a tracker called a tab cat tracker and it's purely for cats. I suppose you could put on a dog and it can track up to four cats at a time. So they have the little, um, like a little disc that you can either hang or put on her collar. And it's a directional tracker. It's not actually a GPS. And I find this most helpful because it only, the range is about 200 metres. So you have to be close by, but she's never further than that really from us. And if she is, I just walk one direction or the other and it'll start beeping eventually. So the little... um, control like it's like a credit card size uh controller uh will light up and beep if she if she's nearby or far away it reacts to the direct and also the direction if i turn away from her it beeps slower if i turn back to her it beeps louder and that has saved me lots of time when i can't find her under a bush i know she's nearby i'm not panicking i'm just like oh where did she sneak to because i was like looking at my phone for a second or something so yeah, we have that and we also have a GPS one that I'm not so pleased with. You, again, have to be even closer, like 100 metres, and it also needs to be um, triangulated with other GPS people that are using that device and, like, if she's further away. So I have that on as a backup, but I don't really use that one as much. Okay, that's um, really interesting. I would have thought the GPS would be more accurate, but that's a really good point about. And then I suppose if you're in an uh, isolated island, it's not going to have GPS. So, the t- no, and the that's t- it, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, Hasara. That's why. Um, and also, you have you can get better ones. I think that really pinpoint, but it might pinpoint within a hundred meters. Okay, I know she's with within a hundred meters I just don't know what bush or what you know what I mean so I need her to be I need to and also the the tracker beeps on her collar so if I turn the sound off my controller I can hear her beeping and go that direction I think there are better GPS ones but you have to subscribe and you have to have you know be at the same house and you know if you're going different countries it um makes it more difficult so I'm sure they'll come up with better ones and I I haven't looked for a while but I think there are ones that are 
radio control and GPS control as well. So at the moment, it's the one I've got's working okay. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like it's a good option. Um, Talking about Rigby hiding, um, one of my favourite videos is one that you posted recently where she was hiding in your boat um, under some cushions and things like that, and she was just being so cheeky. And in the video, you were like, there's where she is, and she just looks at you like, yeah, I've been here the whole time. (laughs) That's my constant daily battle. (laughs) (laughs) What other kind of mischievous stuff has she been up to? Um, Well, hiding's her favourite, and I don't even think she means it, but you'd think on a 50-foot boat there wouldn't be too many places to hide. But um, she can get locked in cupboards and um the dinghy she also climbs up onto the roof of the boat like on the canvas and she goes in the end of the sail once she went into the end of the mainsail and she'd never done that before and we searched high and low and uh couldn't find her and eventually just stuck her head out and we're like no way (laughs) um that's her main things um she also loves to play um Shane and her play together every night. I walk rugby every morning when I can, um, sometimes in the afternoon for a short time as well. But usually around 9 o'clock she'll get up and she'll have a crazy hour before we all go to bed. And uh, Rigby and Shane play chasey on our boat. Don't know how they manage it, but and my husband's like a 6'2 guy. He thumps from one end of the boat to the other end of the boat with the cat chasing him and then he'll turn around and she'll run the other end of the boat and he'll chase her. He hides in stupid places from her, jumps out at her, He jumps, she jumps out at him. It's just it amuses me every night. It's very cute. <laughs> so with um, Rigby being on a boat, have you had to do anything special to sort of you know, cater for the fact that a cat lives on the boat? Like, Is there anything that you've done like create special places for her or anything like that? We're big on fort cushion, um, cushion forts. So we're always making her new, um, like with all the um, outside cushions when they come down, we make these crazy things for her to sleep. Um, You know, we, we have, I think she's got like two beds. She's got an igloo and a normal bed. And then she's got blankets and she, oh, we have had to do things like she'll discover there's a high shelf and I've had stuff stored up there like clothes because storage is premium on a boat and she's decided that she likes that spot. So I've had to remove all my clothes and give it up for a, a one of the tent cat beds on the boat. So she has claimed a few of her own beds. She's found her own beds. Um, other than that, we haven't done anything special. We, um, think someone people ask about the cat litter and stuff and but we have two bathrooms on our boat so the second shower which is it's it's not a big shower it's just like a little shower on a boat we have her cat litter in there um her food's just near the galley around the corner um so it's pretty normal and you know we're we're, even when we're traveling you still throw the trash out so you empty the cat litter into the trash or whatever it's the same sort of scenario as you at home it's just that we live on a on the water okay yeah that's really interesting um it's it's pretty much exactly what you would do at home is just finding a different solution for it while you're on the boat yeah what's the biggest lesson that you've learned while boating with rigby the biggest lesson um how did we survive without her how we were we entertained in any shape or form without her she's just been so much fun um, we both adore her. It's so nice to come home and she's there standing on the steps reaching up for us. Um, 
other than that, it's pretty easy. A dog would have been a lot harder. I mean, you know, cats sleep so much. As long as she gets her walk and action in the morning, she's pretty content, like, just to hang out. And even if she's not sleeping, she'll just sit on the boat with us and watch the world go by. Um, I sort of probably haven't answered your question, but it's no real lessons, just um, just that it's doable. It's really easy and it's doable. You know, I've found good cat sitters north and south when we're working um, that look after her if we have to go off for work because we work on another boat and we travel a bit and we, we're leaving shortly in a few days to go away for another couple of weeks and we're lucky, really lucky um, that we can leave Rigby. We thought about taking her but it's just the amount of travelling and what we're doing. I think it's unfair and selfish of us to take her when um, she is really loved and loves this other boat. It's another boat she's going to, but um, she's going to be loved on by this elderly couple who adore her and call her their grandkitty. So I think it's selfish of us to take her away from the comforts of what she's used to just for our satisfaction. So unfortunately I'm going to miss her terribly, but, um, yeah, she'll be left behind. And we have another cat sitter when we're up in the New York area that um, if we have to do anything, they have her as well. I think it's awesome what you're showing is that it's doable to have a cat on a boat while you're working as well. Like, I think um, like you've, to a lot of people in our community, they question how that's possible, but you're showing that it is. Like you just need those networks yeah. and you just need to make these tiny changes where a shelf might that used to have your clothes now has Rigby's bed and things like that, yeah. but it's completely doable. <laughs> Yeah, she would be very unhappy if I filled it with clothes again. She actually has tried other shelves to squeeze herself on there. I'm like, no, one shelf's enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. One thing that I really have loved seeing is that Rigby interacts with a lot of other cats and animals and things like that. How does she go with meeting other animals and what kind of animals has she met? Yeah, um, well, she's obviously met dogs. Uh, she really, really loves dogs. One of her good dog friends is a Newfie, a Newfoundland up in New York, and which is so cute to see this massive, you know, dog playing with her. But then other dogs she really doesn't like. So I'm always watching her reaction. And if I don't know a dog, um, and or if a dog's not on lead, she's in my arms straight away without a doubt. But if a dog's on lead and approaching her, the people can see that it's a cat. Um, I'm very cautious and Rigby tells me if she's happy with that dog or not. If she walks up to that dog with her tail in the air, I trust her more than my my own instincts, really. She can tell and I'm watching the dog's body language and obviously I'm talking to the owner saying, and they're like, oh, no, my dog, we have a cat at home, my dog loves cats. I'm still cautious and Shane's even more cautious than me. Um, but if Rigby's showing any signs of being uncomfortable, she's put on my, if I'm sitting down, she's put on my lap or she's put up on my shoulder and I make sure she's okay and feels happy. So I don't make her meet all dogs and she really doesn't like little yappy dogs that yap in her face. She'll actually swipe at them. She doesn't run away, mind you. She'll stand up for herself, but she just swipes at them. <laughs> you mentioned that uh, you often have Rigby on your shoulder and we love seeing that. How did you train her to do that? Um, 
I think it was more convenient because we were always walking around the marina and we need our hands to carry stuff and rugby's coming along with us. So I used to just throw her over my shoulder like a baby and she'd face backwards and she sort of was okay with that, but she kept trying to turn around. So I thought, why don't I just put her on my shoulder and face her forward? And that was the end of that. That was like, that's her mode of transport. Now, as long as she can see where she's going, you don't even have to hold her. Like she just balances up there um, and she loves it. She'll sit up there like for a whole long walk. Um, but yeah, that's, um, oh, to go back to the animals, I forgot to say she has also met cats and she really dislikes cats. And she's also met, um, and, and the reason why she dislikes cats is because she was attacked, unfortunately, by a cat when she was about a year old, which was totally my fault. I went to visit a friend, um, when we were sailing down the coast and she said her cat was outside. And so we let Rigby run around the house, but her cat was inside and it was a big tomcat big male and um he was not impressed with rigby in his house so he attacked her and we had to take her to the vet and she had to get her stomach glued she had a big scratch and i felt awful and since that day she's now terrified of vets and other cats so i'm really that's probably the worst thing i've done but i wasn't to know and it was an accident but oh felt sick but um so she's not a fan of cats and you'll see posts with her hissing at the ginger ninja next door. Um, but other than that, she's met iguanas, pigs. I'm trying to think of anything else. I think that's goats. Yeah. <laughs> How did she go with the pigs and the goats? Um, the goats she sort of just looked at and thought didn't really give them too much. The pigs she was not impressed with because um, there's some actual swimming pigs in the Bahamas. And it's, they're quite famous. If you Google Swimming Pigs Bahamas, you'll see it, um, all the tourists. When I first started seeing them about eight years ago, it wasn't as touristy, and now it's really touristy. But um, it's just pigs on, a, like, a uninhabited island that the locals feed. And, uh, and they come out and swim to the boats that feed them. So the pigs come out and swim. So we took the dinghy um, to go see the pigs and Rigby was just sitting there all excited because she thought she was going to the beach and then she saw these pigs swimming at her and she just was not impressed she didn't know what to make of it she was safe it was fine and they, the pig had its snout up like snorting at her and she I thought she was going to swipe at the pig as well but um yeah that's I think there's a couple of funny videos of that she's also met them on land as well but um that wasn't as well it was sort of they met snout to kitty nose but um I was holding her I was because I didn't trust the pigs, so and I didn't really encourage that. I didn't want anything bad to happen. Mm, yeah, definitely. And they're a lot bigger than her as well, so that's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so you've spoken about the Bahamas and New, um, like New Hampshire and stuff like that. So whereabouts has um, rugby travelled to? Um, so we we got on the boat when we bought our boat down in the Caribbean in an island called St Martin. So. We have basically, we were supposed to travel around the world and do a circumnavigation, but we sort of got stuck in this area because we were loving it so much. And then we um, ran out of money because we thought we'd only do this for two years and we had enough savings for that. When we ran out of money, we got um, jobs. Um, so we would work for the summer and um, travel in the winter. And now we work full time. But um, we got Rigby up in Connecticut. So from Connecticut, she has sailed up and down the east coast of America, maybe four times coming up to four times she's gone through the bahamas um she it's mainly the bahamas in america at this stage with her um 
she may be coming down to the Caribbean um, if we're based down there for a while. I'll fly back and get her because I don't think I want to leave her for more than a couple of weeks. Um, but it's mainly this area. Uh, we haven't really had any issues with, um, like, there's no quarantine or anything. Really, it's just Australia and New Zealand that have that whole quarantine, understandably, because we're islands. But um, otherwise, it's just a pet health certificate and a permit for the Bahamas. I have to apply for a permit before going there and, uh, and yeah, just get a vet checkup and make sure her vaccinations are all up to date. So it's pretty easy. Most of the places are pretty easy as long as you plan ahead and do your research. Oh, that's awesome because um, for those who don't know, Australia and New Zealand have very strict quarantine laws and I think there's like a quarantine period and things like that. So I, I always just assumed it was like that everywhere. So it's nice to hear that it's a bit easier and a lot more forward. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, with some pre-planning, yeah, it's it. definitely doable. That's awesome. What's been the most memorable experience you've had with Rigby? I had to think about I have to think about that, but I think it would have to be picking her up the day we picked her up. I know that sounds sort of cliche, but she um, – I it was my birthday – we planned it and it happened to be my birthday and I just couldn't stop crying. I was so excited before she was even born and then I had to wait 12 weeks to pick her up um, and I'd wanted to have an animal in my life for so long that I just was overwhelmed <laughs> and, like, there's all these photos of this gorgeous kitten and me looking like a wreck because I'm crying. <laughs> um, so it has to be that and then every day afterwards, like, there isn't – and just the fun she, like, just the – she just makes everything more fun. Um, there's nothing that stands out completely that's totally memorable. Um, if I think of it, I'll come back to it. Yeah, that's completely understandable. To be honest, I think like a lot of the things that Rigby does is pretty memorable as it is. So I cannot completely yeah. understand what, you, what you mean. Every, everything. Yeah, everything she does. Every time she jumps off the boat and follows us and walks around the marina, I'm, I'm like, well, that's sort of cool. But I'm now it's like it's just that's what she does. It's just normal. Everything's like turned into normal where everyone looks at me and goes, that's not normal. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <I suppose." laughs> With all the places you've mentioned, they, they're very sunny places. So have you had any experience with sunscreen and you know, with the sun exposure for Rigby, especially given that she's a black cat? I imagine she's getting quite hot. Um, she... Uh, yes, I have. We discovered that, um, sadly, in a bad way. Uh, we were um, in the Bahamas and we, I was walking her along a marina in the middle of the day and the next day I noticed her ears were bright red and even though she's got sort of chocolate-coloured ears, they're, as you know, cats have that such thin skin uh, or thin ears. And um, I looked at her ears and they were all red and then they started to, like, not scab but, like, they were peeling and um, her hair on her ears was coming off. I'm like, oh, my God, she's got sunburnt. So she gets sunburnt ears. Um, and now we just do not take her out in the middle of the day, if at all possible. And I also have um, cats. Well, it's not cat sunscreen, animal sunscreen. And I know you're going to ask me the name of it. and I can't think of it right now. But um, I will try find it and... Um, let you know but I researched it and it's they use it for horses and dogs and I got it from the UK um so from England I can't think of it I'm having a scene okay my... maybe just like send it through to me later and I'll include it in our show notes but that's awesome okay. is it a, um is it like a human kind of sunscreen where it's a cream or is it like a zinc 
it's not it's it's um I, I'm trying to think I think it has I don't know that it has zinc in it I think something to do with zinc's not good for cats from memory okay. I, I researched this like a few years ago and once I researched it I'm like oh done you know and yeah took yeah. My brain. yeah um let me get back to you on that it is just like a white cream and and she is fine with me putting it on her she just she knows the routine I put her harness on before she gets in the dinghy I rub sunscreen on her ears and she actually likes her ears being rubbed so I do give her a little massage (laughs) that's adorable I have these um we've got like a pet zinc so it's not a cream it's more like a zinc I don't think it's zinc but it's that kind of consistency this is not a cream this is a cream the zinc's actually really hard to put on because Noxie's had sunburn before on her ears, but she's got the white Aww. ears. Yeah, yeah. so um, we put the zinc on, but I can't get the zinc on the edges, which is where she's been burnt. So like oh. a cream would be a lot. Like it's because she doesn't yeah. like she doesn't like the sensation of it going on and stuff like that. So okay. cream would be so much better. So definitely. Yeah, I'll let king. you. I'll let you know. I had to search high and low for it. It wasn't available everywhere. And there's two types of it, and one isn't good for cats, and one is. So I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Thank you. Do you have any ideas on where you'd like to take Rigby in the future? Certainly do. We um, we would really love to do our circumnavigation eventually um, and we're just um, trying to save money and get organised. Um, it might still be another couple of years away but um, we definitely think we're going to change boats. So we're going to sell this boat and get and this will be funny, get a catamaran. (laughs) 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 Um, We just would like something bigger with more storage and more stable. Um, And so we're thinking of getting that and then we're also thinking of getting, you know, because a catamaran's two hulls and there's two of us, so I think we need to get another cat, so watch that space. We might uh, be getting a uh, little friend for Rigby eventually. (laughs) That sounds really exciting. yeah, and then we'll do the circumnavigation around, um, do a full loop around the world. So speaking of uh, introducing Rigby to new things, is there anything else that you'd like to introduce Rigby to? I think I've tortured her enough for three and a half years <laughs> of life. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything um, crazy. Um, speaking of Rigby, she's just got up from her afternoon nap and just walked past. Um uh, I think I just want to keep doing what we're doing. And she's pretty happy in her life right now. And you know it's all about the cat's life. Cat's happy, we're happy. Um, so yeah, if anything comes up, I mean, she loves bike riding. We do that a lot. Um, I'd like to kayak more with her. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm not too fussed about taking her, you know, like, because we do all sorts of other stuff anyway. There's no need to really take her to restaurants or, you know, push the boundaries. I, I mean, although Shane did take her into a jewellery shop the other day because I was getting my ring repaired and he took her on the bike and then had to walk into the shop with her on his shoulder <laughs> to pick up the ring and they were all just like staring at him like he's a freak, especially a man. So that was pretty funny. So she does do stuff. <laughs> well, what I love is that you do your own kind of exploring and, you know, it's very different to everyone else's kind, which is great. So you mentioned bike riding. Can you tell us a little bit more about Rigby and bike riding? Um. I just, uh, I, I wanted to go somewhere one day and I'm like, Rigby was awake and not asleep. And I'm like, I should just take her with me. And I was riding my bike. Um, that's one of our main modes of transport. We do have a car, recently got a car, but we always ride bikes everywhere. So I just picked her up and um, uh, put her in the basket. I put, what I do is it's just a normal like mesh wire basket. And um, 
speaking of which, there she is. Hi, Rigby. He's licking my <laughs> nose. <laughs> hey there. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, so I just put a big towel in the basket so it wrapped up the sides and made it, her feel secure. I had her, obviously had her harness on and I just tethered the harness to the basket and um, put her in there and I just wheeled the bike around and she was just like, like, what's the big deal? And then I rode her around a very small area and she just, she didn't care at all. So we went off and that was it. She's just like, now she just comes in the basket all the time with us. You know, we'll go for a bike ride and she'll just come. <laughs> and if she gets tired, she just lies down, takes a little nap. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love hearing about cats being able to go on bike rides and stuff. It's just so cool. They love going downhill. Rigby loves going downhill fast. Like, I don't know why she stands up and, like, looks, really gets all excited. It's funny. <laughs> so before we let you go, we ha I have to ask this question because you're Australian and even though Rigby <laughs> came from the U.S., we know that Rigby loves Vegemite. How did that happen and how did you find that out? Well, as a true Australian, we always have Vegemite on board and whenever we go home for a visit, we bring supplies back or whenever anyone comes from Australia, they bring us Vegemite. So I was just having Vegemite toast um, and Rigby was, uh, she's is allowed on the kitchen counters, unfortunately, because on a boat, it's uh, a bit limited on space. So she was standing there watching me and she was sniffing and I'm like, and I always let her sniff everything. That's another thing I always do. If she's ever sniffing or curious, I often show her things and let her sniff anything and everything. Anyway, she just walked over and sniffed and then I dipped my finger in and just held it out and she came to it and started licking it and then she came back for more and I'm like, hmm, she's a true Australian at heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cute. So we're coming up towards the end of the podcast. And so as we always do at the end, we ask the set of fast forward questions. So the first one being, what do you hope to see in the future regarding the movement of cats who explore with the humans? I'd love it to become just more the norm. So it's not so unusual. Um, so people aren't like freaked out as much about it. Because I, I don't see the big deal. Like you should exercise and entertain any animal that you have. And dogs get walked and played with, etc. I don't know why cats can't be the same. They still want to. They still need interaction and exercise. So I would like it just to become more normal. I know it probably never will be, and we'll all still look like crazy cat people. But um, yeah, that's what I would like. Yeah, and for it to be normal for Shane to walk into a jewelry store with Rigby on his shoulder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's been the um, most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Rigby? I, I sort of, um, I think the most, I don't know if it's entertaining anymore because it's the normal comment is like, is that a cat? You know, and my standard reply now is like, um, I, I'm like, no, it, I got, I've forgotten what I say. It's um, more that, no, that it's a dog in a cat suit. I just say, I just reply back. <laughs> No, sorry, it's a dog in a cat suit. And they look at me strange and then they laugh and think that's sort of funny. But um, I suppose the most common thing is people can't believe it's a cat to start with. Oh, that's funny. So which explore, <laughs> cat explorer inspire you and what, what are the social media handles? Well, obviously Nathan and Winnie um, or Nathan the beach cat. Um, uh, there's a... What other ones? There's Mike and Lily, The Adventures of Mike and Lily. Everyone loves them. Um, 
I've recently um, been chatting to a, a lovely couple in Melbourne and uh, they just got a new Burmese called Bryson and they um, they say that I've inspired them to take Bryson out. I don't know about that, but Bryce, they, Bryson goes on a boat as well, like a speedboat or a powerboat. So Bryson Burmese Adventure Kitty is um, uh, a new one that I'm following and they're really sweet, so have check them out. Um Starpurd, so the one there's a couple in Hawaii, uh, and there's also obviously all the Bengals, the amazing Bengals out there. So Roxy, Kazuki, oh, we met Kazuki. Kazuki's owner and Kazuki came to visit us on the boat, so we met in the park. And um, Rigby, of course, was unimpressed, but Kazuki was adorable. Um, so that was fun. And the other one, my one of my favourite ones is that no one really knows about it. It's not an adventure cat. Is Themba the klepto cat? And I think they're in Sydney or or in Queensland. And uh, it's a cat that goes wandering, and he comes back and he steals all the neighbours' stuff. So he comes back with like gardening gloves and socks and toys and children's things. And he he has quite the cachet. Like he comes back and he's got like a a load of stuff and um i always look forward to seeing what thember has stolen lately <laughs> that's so cheeky yeah that's so awesome really have... but there's so many there's so many great accounts i mean i could list them forever um so but so sorry if anyone i've left you out but i love you all it's just there's too many <laughs> there are so many there's so many incredible ones out there like it's so easy to um miss some when you're trying to come up with this list um, oh, I love pistachio. I forgot pistachio. They have the greatest photos. I love pistachio. We have a story about pistachio. We met pistachio at the Cat Explorer picnic and he's oh. the most lovable cat ever and so friendly. And Lumos and Noxie are a bit like Rigby. They're not that comfortable with other cats, which is something yeah. that we're trying to improve. And they were sitting in their backpack and pistachio actually came and just snuggled right up to their backpack to try and be oh. their friend. And Lou was just sitting there going, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. But Pistachio was just like, be my friend. (laughs) I also must say that I do follow a lot of obviously other boat cats. um, And I didn't mention them because Rigby's a boat cat and I didn't want to promote all the boat cats. But there's Mulu the boat cat and Peanut the boat cat. Um, So there's a heap of other boat cats out there that are um, adorable. Oh, Rigby has met Peanut. I think think his handles, um, I'm a... Uh, I'm a boat cat or oh god but yeah if you look it up he's I don't know if you follow him or see yes, him he's, yeah 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 peanuts he's cool pretty, pretty cool as well there's so many amazing ones has there been a product service or a program that has been a game changer for rigby um probably her harness definitely because I actually got it before we even got her so I got an extra small and now she's grown into a small which hasn't grown far she's still a tiny cat um, but definitely the harness. Uh, I use um, a harness called Safety Cats Walking Jacket, and they're made by two, handmade by two women here in America. And uh, they, I just find them really good. They're reversible, so you can be funky one day or black and cool the other next day. Um, they fit really well. They're suited for cats. They're totally escape proof. I can pick her up, which I do just pick her up by the harness without worrying about hurting her. It's not uncomfortable for her. Uh, you can do it up quite tight if you want to be, you know, really safe or it can be done looser if you, we're just lounging around and it's more just so um, if someone found her, 
they can see her name. We have her name and phone number stitched onto the back as well. So I want it to be quite clear, and our boat name we have on it. So I want it to be quite clear that if she does sneak off the boat, which she's not allowed, but occasionally that happens, that people will realise she's not just, you know, a lost cat, that she is loved and they can ring me um, if they find her. Um, so, yeah, the harness and the, ta- the tracker saves me hours of searching sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's good, but it's funny. <laughs> but it's funny. Yeah, it's not funny at the time. Oh, sorry, it, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, MB, thank you so much for joining us today. It really has been a blast. Where can we follow you and Rigby online? Um, just on Instagram, um, and it's uh, at Miss rigby boat kitty and between those words it is an underscore but if you just look for miss rigby boat kitty you'll find her what i'll do is um we'll include all those links and any other links to anything that we spoke about today in the show notes and those will be available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast thank you so much for listening today it would mean the world to us if you could hit subscribe and review the cat explorer podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts this will help us to continue to get some amazing guests As always, thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.